Life happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. So we're discussing burnout, and um, I don't know if you even know how to recognize burnout, um, because I certainly didn't know how to recognize burnout until I heard um, a professional explain what it sometimes looks like. To me, I always thought that the signs were obvious. You know, you would feel like you're burnt out. But I actually, I'm now made to believe that actually sometimes it's not as obvious as you think it is. So let me know if you know that you are experiencing burnout. Maybe you're not. 011-714-2006. The WhatsApp number is 0614-104-107. Um, Dr. Merlin McKay is a general practitioner in private practice joining us on the line this afternoon. Dr. McKay, good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Can we define burnout, please, clinically? What what does it look like? Yeah, so, so I think it's a, it's a very important point because um, we associate burnout with kind of that you know anyone can get it and everyone everyone's at risk, which is which is kind of true. But the 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 World Health Organization defines burnout. And the critical aspect is that it is a work-related phenomenon. Okay. In other words, you can't be burnt out because of your children or because of what's happening, uh, what's happening at home. Really? So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that, that, I think that's such an important point. Burnout is a work, work-related, interesting? work-related condition as a result of work stress, feeling overwhelmed, working too hard. No man, Dr. McKay. Mothers who stay w- at home, they, they, they call it, they, that's their work. Mothers who are at home shuttling children back and forth, doing lunchboxes and stuff. That's work, is it not? Okay, so, so I suppose you can, if, that, if, if, that, if you are a home executive, yes. and that is your full-time job, then it's work-related. Absolutely. Okay. okay. No, I, point taken, point taken, but I'm still right. And I I believe you. I definitely do believe you. How would you then distinguish that and and what, let's say, a mother who doesn't call herself a home executive but feels burnt out? Do you know what I mean? So someone who who's got what they feel like is burnout and and doesn't necessarily go to work or is employed or doesn't maybe doesn't even have children. Yeah. So so burnout comes comes with a a particular particular sort of clinical picture. Mm -hmm. One is one is that. you feel overwhelmed. Yeah. It's just everything is just too much. Yeah. You feel uh, disengaged. Mm-hmm. You, you absolutely are empty. Okay. But more than that, you don't care. Mm. You, 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 discon- you get disconnected. Yeah. You, yeah. You're totally disconnected, disengaged, mm. and you don't care if you get into trouble at work because of that. You have absolutely, you even reach a point of cynicism. Mm hmm. Sarcastic. So it's disengaged. You are completely blunted. Yes. You have zero emotion left anymore. Yes. Um, uh, you know, you have you have totally demotivated. Mm-hmm. You feel depressed, and and as like I said, you just don't care. W- would that also relate to children who go to school who, who have exactly the same symptoms, who who feel disconnected, who are disinterested, who are tired, who are exhausted by the schoolwork? Would that be called burnout? I, I suppose technically, but if you look at the WHO definition yes. of that, no. It is a work environment specifically mm-hmm. related to to uh, um, to interaction with colleagues and 
uh, meeting your work requirements. I suppose you can transpose that, but I don't think we will call it burned out. Okay. Then, Doctor McKay, can, can reach that, that yes, idea. and then and then when then the, those symptoms come up um, where you are disengaged, do, do they have to be as many, or one of them is enough? Yeah. So, so usually it's those it's, it's those three primary things: lack of total lack of energy, too exhausted. You are just too exhausted to get up to get to work. Mm. You are feeling uh, completely cynical. You don't you don't care about it. And you are completely demotivated. So those are the sort of the, the, the big three. But the, as you can see, it can encompass a whole lot of things. Mm. There's stress fit in there, uh, depression fit in there, um, almost like a nervous breakdown fit in there. And then of course there'll be uh, even physical uh, complaints. Yeah. You know the the tension, headaches, the abdominal pain, ulcer pain, whatever the case is. Is often um, physicians um, would say you know, take time out, rest, recoup, you know, recharge. And because we've just identified the fact that this is work-related, that's not always possible. What then would be the next option? Yeah, so it's, it's a broad thing. So if a person can't take work, you know, the, 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 the preferably, because mm-hmm. work is the, the main, what you call, stressor or the yes. cause of it. Yes. Ideally, one would want the person to be removed from that environment. Mm. Failing that, the, the person would need intensive, intensive psychotherapy because this doesn't happen sort of overnight. It, mm. it, it, it's, it's a stage, it's a timeline that comes. You know, we, we may wake up burnt out, but the burnout didn't happen the night before. It's a whole process, and it's a process of, um, for instance, uh, lack, of, lack of boundaries, especially now with working remotely. We, we don't switch off. Mm-hmm. You're always on call, yeah. always online. Yeah. Workloads of work. So th- that person has to be taught everything from the very beginning. Relationships, saying, learning to say no, mm. learning to have boundaries, learning to switch off. Then is your family time. Work-life balance, mm. you know? Are you balanced in terms of socially, intellectually, mentally, all those things? Of course, in the real world, the difficulty is that, you know, the, the balance of power also sits with the employer. Um, unlike maybe in a home environment, sometimes where you can say to people around you, okay, guys, I'm tired. Sometimes the work demands that you are switched on 24-7. Your boss sends you an email at 10 in, in, at night. And if you don't respond right there and then you feel a little bit, you know, intimidated or, you know, everybody else does what, what you're the only one that doesn't in the company. Does this kind of conversation happen? happen in organizations where the wellness team does have conversations with executives to say, you know, back off a little bit. We need to go back to looking after the people in the in the business. Yes, that's such a good point. And I'll give you an example, just one of my patients. But, you know, the point is, especially now with, this, with the COVID pandemic, yeah. where jobs are scarce and, and employees are literally made to feel, listen, you need this job more than I need mm, you. Mm. Either you do it or keep moving. Mm, mm. They're, pay, they're just placed in that position straight mm. away. So I had one of my patients came in and basically having a breakdown. Oh. And the first thing I did is counselor, and I booked off. I said, you need to just get out of there. That, it, it, it's toxic. You, you are literally going to burn out. The advantage of that is that suddenly they realized how much she actually does and how much they couldn't cope because she was trying to tell them, listen, guys, my workload is killing me. You are overwhelming me, and I cannot make it. I cannot cope. Mm. 
But she, and she was so focused on creating a good impression. She was, she had no time for a child. She was completely disengaged from her family. But those few days, and it was just three or four days, by the time she got back, they called her in or she, she had, they had a meeting and it came out that, listen, we can see how much you are actually doing. And yes, you're doing the work of three or four people. And yes, we have to make things easier for you. And based on your doctor's note, we are going to try to, to make a uh, work of uh, sort of a more pleasant environment. Mm. Now, maybe that is just one story out of many. Maybe it doesn't really happen. Mm. But that is the ideal situation mm. where one can feel appreciated, where one can feel that you, you've, you're adding value to your organization. But look after me so that I can be productive for the company. Mm. I mean, obviously, the tricky bit is that um, a lot of other uh, people in this country don't work the kind of jobs where they can take time off. Um, you know, if you don't show up, you don't earn. And, and and unfortunately, in those instances, people choose to go to work because they have no other choice. Yes, and 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 that and that's the unfortunate part. And and you know, we as doctors, we, it's nice for us to sit behind our fancy desks and tell the patient, "Listen, um, my." responsibilities to you it's either your health or your life or your mm. job you choose between your your and 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 patients have, they literally make that choice i'm going to sacrifice my life for my life because yeah. i need to put food on the yeah. table yeah. and that is i mean that's not wellness yeah. this is not the type of environment that we want our patients to be operating in mm. at the expense of of their, their physical health mm. And when they do collapse, then they're out of work for six months that's it sakile is calling from johannesburg good afternoon sakile Good afternoon, Pamela. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for calling. Thank you very much. I've got a question for Doctor here. Um, mm-hmm. Doc, um, hi. By the way, Doctor, I work as a as a personal trainer, and um, you know, part of my work is to work with certain you know athletes mm-hmm. um, that are playing professional football. Well, in this case, I've got someone that, um, as you know, last year was 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 um, some of the leagues were sort of halted by COVID, and mm-hmm. then they had to sort of squash everything in in a couple of months. And then after that, their post-season break was very shortened. And then the season had to start once again. Mm-hmm. And then once again, the schedule was tightened. Um, so I had a guy that was what, that was injured um, prior to the end of last season. And then also recently, I think about a month ago, got another injury. So sure. um, part of the work I did was just to help you know him with his fitness levels and all of that. So... Um, I, I really picked up that, you know, from the test that I did with him, like your your VO2 max test, lactate test, your um, deep test, you know, those are mandatory for, for footballers. Compared to the last ones, there was a major, major difference. And I actually asked him, with the, with the injury that he had, is there anything that he could attribute to these current results being way off the mark than what you used to have? And, I mean, he mentioned things like traveling, you know, um, because they also travel out of the country. And they also had, you know, a, a player that they used to play with that, that passed on. So mm. the sleeping was not good as well. So as a trainer, how do I advise this guy or what feedback do I give to his trainer, his club trainer? Because I'm, I'm doing my own thing on the side. How, how do I help this guy? Because I'm thinking perhaps it could be a psychological thing. What's your take on this mm, kind of mm, things? I yeah. listen over the radio. Thanks, yeah. What an interesting question. Yeah, okay, you see, and and this raises so many points. And you know, one one thing that you were trained at medical school is who is who is the real patient when mm. somebody comes in? Who is the patient? Mm. And I'm, I'm I hope you, I'm getting the feeling that the people who we should be talking to are the employers. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. They are the real mm-hmm. patients. Mm-hmm. That's where mm-hmm. it emanates from. Mm-hmm. And in the same in the scenario with this uh, professional professional sports person, the, the 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 trainers, the club need to be brought in. This calls for what you call a multidisciplinary mm-hmm. approach. Mm-hmm. There's the physical, there's the social, there's the mental, is the emotional, yeah. and all those teams should be on board so that they can get a true understanding of the nature. And we know that if you are not right, in, you know, emotionally, you, you're more susceptible to injuries, you're more susceptible to aches and pains. And more than that, you, you, your, your recovery period is delayed. So if the team wants a player to be playing at his best and at his optimal, then all those things need to be right. His head needs to be right, his physical body, his emotions, all that needs to be in the right place. And and many teams and just like employees only look at one thing productivity. Yeah. You must be scoring goals, Results. not scoring goals. Yeah. Fix it and come back. Yeah. Results. And and we speak of of that kind of profession. We speak also of people in sales. Just bring us the results, and nobody seems to care. You know how do you get there? And oftentimes those people emotionally they are the most taxed because they have this pressure where where they cannot perform miracles, but it's expected of them. Yes, absolutely. I think uh, uh, dead, deadlines mm. and targets are probably the biggest drivers of burnout. Mm, mm, mm. They, Do- we just, it just overwhelms us. Yeah. Dr. Marlon McKay is going to be with us, and uh, we are taking your calls on 7142006. We'll also take uh, those WhatsApp notes on 0614104107. And uh, we'll do. Thank you so much for staying with us. We're discussing burnout with Dr. Marlon McKay, who's a general practitioner in private practice. And, and Doc, the, what's the worst that can happen when you don't deal with burnout? You can, you can want to end it all. Sure. Suicidal ideation, mm. you know, you start thinking that I'm just not, um, I'm not adding value anymore. Mm. You have no self, self-worth and the thoughts like, you know, I'll just be better off if I'm not here. Yeah, yeah. But my company will be better off if I'm no longer there. I'm useless. I can't add anything. And, 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 and that's the tragedy of, 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 of burnout, severe mm. depression, mm. lack of feeling helpless, hopeless, end of the road, and then just wanting to end it. For, for those who who live with somebody who's experiencing burnout, and you have given the 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 instructions for that person to take off, they've taken time off, they don't seem to get better. How can we support those people? Yeah. So so as I, as I mentioned earlier, it's a multidisciplinary thing. Sometimes we are not at home. Mm. For instance, we may not be equipped. Sometimes we just say the wrong thing. Yeah. We may make the patient feel worse. You know. Um, and so this is where we need help. What I usually say, if, if, if there's not good support, or even if there's good support but we need more, sometimes an admission to hospital is, is, uh, works very good. Um, and, or sometimes just getting on board a social worker, a counselor, a psychologist, before you even reach for, med- for medication as it were. But get the person into a system where they can have the resources and access to all of it. And I know you're going to ask me, yeah, but what about those who don't have medical aid or who don't have this and that? Yes, it is a challenge in, in the context of, 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 of South Africa today. But how is available? You know, the South African um, Depression and Anxiety Group do excellent work with this sort of thing. There are helplines, there are, yeah. there are um, online resources. Are there people, you know, physiologically who are more prone to burnout? Yeah, I, I think those there are there are patients genotypically. Genotypically, mm-hmm. um, it's those who battle. They had a long battle with anxiety. Okay. 
um, prior depression, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and then even just on a simple level, people who can't say no, mm. <laughs> those are the ones that said people who, who people pleases everybody. Yeah. Mm. They set themselves up for, for burnout. You know, you spoke about a multidisciplinary kind of um, solution here and all hands on deck. I suppose we could start with parenting because those ideas come sometimes from from family values. You know, be kind, be nice, be empathetic and, you know, be supportive to others. And, And sometimes it just, you know, there's no way to stop. You think it's your duty to forever be helpful and reaching out to other people and doing everything for everybody. And if, if you have those values, it's very difficult to change that. Absolutely. Ingrained. And aren't, aren't, I mean, you spoke about uh, um, um, home executive mothers. Aren't, aren't mothers just that? Exactly. Uh, everything to everybody. We just come out of, out of Mother's Day. And many mothers, they feel that they feel under, underappreciated, yeah. undervalued. Yeah. And they constantly on go literally 24-7. Mm. So yes, as much as we're trying to instill these good values, you know, we also have to learn to teach our, we have to teach our children mm. boundaries, mm. how to say no without being rude. Mm. Doesn't mean that you don't want to help. It doesn't mean you don't love them. Yeah. Doesn't mean you don't love them. Yeah. We're going to take those calls on 011-714-2006 as well as those voice notes on 0614-104-107. Let's take a voice note, Dr. McKay. Sure. Hi, Corey from Kalbecha. Um Yes, the uh, guest is right in that burnout is mostly work-related. But um, to say that, for example, a parent with a special needs child can also have burnout unrelated to, to work. I mean, work can be fine. Work can actually be the place where they go to escape um, because some special needs children require very intensive um, in, um, involvement. Hello, Sakina. I just wanted to thank you for this uh, great uh, topic. I think um, the flip side to this coin is that as employees we want to perform and we want to be at our best at all times and um, when you do um, reach or perhaps you've reached burnout but you don't want to disclose that you're burnout because you know there's a certain stigma that's going to be attached to you when you've reached that point of of burnout uh, like you can't do the job anymore you're not the best person to you know to be in this position you can't cope with the demands of the job so we rather just um, you know we rather just push through and not disclose uh, and and you know deal with it in our own capacity um, yeah, that's just my take on it. This is Grant from Cape Town. Thanks. What an interesting point there from Grant. Um, Dr. McKay, just this issue of stigma, you know, people not being able to speak up and say, I'm, I need help, I'm struggling. Yeah, you know, it's such an important point. Can I just, before I come, can I just, uh, what the, the previous gentleman? Sure. Uh, that's one from that uh, funny town. I yes, can't say the Corey. Name. Yeah, so I'm, all I'm saying, I, he's absolutely right. But I'm just saying the, when you use the word burnout, okay, I'm, not, I'm telling, saying what WHO, <laughs> this diagnosis should yes. only be used in an occupational context. Now, while these symptoms may be visible in non-work related, like housework, mm-hmm. family obligations, mm. the diagnosis should be used in an occupational context. Is, is with this strictly work related? Therefore, it, it, the term yes. burnout equals occupation 
if it's and related to your primary occupation, your place of work. Is, is this definition ma- mainly for, for, you know, for diagnosis and for, yes, for, for, for clinical? But interestingly, burnout is not recognized as a, as a medical condition. Really? I mean, you're talking so long. I mean, there's no ICD-10 code. Really? You can't put on chronic. Really? Yeah, it's, it's just it's an occupational term where someone has just reached the end of their tether at work. That's, an, that's interesting. So there's Coming no back, code for it? There's, there's no code for it. I can't put burnout and submit it to the medical. That's what it's I was rejected. asking. You can't do yeah. that. You can't. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a. It's, it's not defined as an illness. Oh, wow. Can you believe that? But, yeah. Well, that that's problem number one. I think that's problem number one. That's, I yeah. think problem number yeah. one. So, so, so coming pa- to the stigma. Yes. Sure. Yes. So I always tell my patients, being being in this position is no reflection on you, your character, mm. or your faith. It doesn't mean that you are a weak person. It does not mean that you can't handle stress. There are a number of factors that that contribute to you getting to this point. And if we're going to get you out of this, the first thing that we're going to have to do is to acknowledge it and and name it. Mm -hmm. But then with that, offer you the solutions that you need to get you out of it. Mm -hmm. So, so, and again, who is the real patient here is the employer. They need to understand that... It doesn't. It, it, if you want the best from your employer, we're going to have to name it, shame, face it, and get your employee better. Dr. Marlon McKay is with us. Um, we're discussing burnout. And Tony Pai, I see you. I'm going to take your call in a short while. I'll also take most of the voice notes that are coming through. And those, you can still continue sending those voice notes on 0614104107. And you can continue to call in on 714-2006. And the code would be 011. It's 2.30. Let me go to the very latest in headlines with Leanda Maume. You're listening to Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. Thanks for staying with us. Um, we are in conversation with Dr. Marlon McKay, a general practitioner in private practice, and we're discussing a burnout. And let me just tell you that um, if you do need to speak to somebody, you can reach out to SADC. That number is 0800 456 789. Okay, it's a 24-hour hotline. 0800 456 thanks for your patience. Good afternoon. Hi, Pimela. How are you? Well, thank you. Thanks for calling. Uh, yeah, so I just want to comment on this. Um, it's actually my first time on... Uh, oh, lovely. Uh, welcome, Tlonipa. Welcome. Thank you. So there's quite a lot of people that are affected by this, but I don't think there's much, um, you know, awareness campaigns that are being done. Mm. And I know at most places they have this channel, uh, they've got these numbers that you can call and speak to someone. Mm. But the problem is you don't know anyone who's using those channels and they had, you know, different results. You, you just don't know um, if someone has had the same situation as you and they call that number and they change it after that, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, you spend a lot of time at work and uh, you, you, you want it to be a place you want to wake up in the morning and go to. But if you're in that situation, you are not even motivated to go to work. Yeah. Um, you tend to make more mistakes because you, you, you're in that, yeah. space, in that environment. Uh-huh. And I think it, 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 has, it, it has to do with a lot of things. The, the root cause um, can be attributed to, you know, people wanting to impress, you know, you, you want to grow in your career and mm. you want to be there, but you keep quiet mm-hmm. uh, and, and keep taking mm. more work, you know, from your, mm. from your um, um, supervisors, your managers. Um, some of the people, you know, they're breadwinners at home mm. and they depend on that, 
on, on, on that job, you know. Mm-hmm. So they, 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 they stay there very difficult. And sometimes it has to do with poor management styles, uh, you know, people that have been in an organization for 25 years, mm-hmm. and you don't want to report that because, you know, if this person has been here for 25 years mm-hmm. and, and the they, 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 management is happy with them, mm-hmm. who are you to come now and say, actually, these people are giving me too much mm-hmm. work, I'm not coping, mm-hmm. I don't like how things are done. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's, it's gotten worse now since COVID. You know, you don't have that support, you don't have your colleagues that you usually talk, talk to. to yeah. uh, you know, you just at home now. I mean, your family is there, but they don't understand. It's not the same if you speak to people who can relate to what you're saying. Um, <laughs> so Nipa, the family is there making noise in the background while you're trying to concentrate in that meeting. <laughs> I'm saying the family is there actually making noise while you're trying to concentrate on that Zoom meeting. You know, you to just open the door and you're working and you have to use the sign language to tell them, no, I'm actually in a meeting. And we're multitasking more now that you're working from home. Oh, I, you know what? I don't mean to laugh. I mean, I think a lot of us are experiencing that. Donipa, thank you for that. I mean, it's such a frank and honest conversation to be had. And then, Doc, the thing is, though, you know, um, Shonipa makes such an important point because, yes, there are wellness centers in the workplace. And he is absolutely right. There are flyers everywhere in every single building. But I don't trust that my boss is not going to use that against me. And we know that... It's confidential, but it's just not something that people trust. People don't want to discuss things like burnout at the workplace wellness center. No, ab- absolutely, absolutely, and and um, and you see it even when when you, when you see a patient and you're trying to book them off, and then you have to make out the medical certificate. Yeah. Now, please don't put anything. Yeah. And I mean, legally, fortunately, without their consent, I don't have to put a yes. diagnosis. Yeah. And I just put medical illness. Yes. But there's definitely that lack of trust yeah. and they know that they are not going to get the empathy yeah. they will be labeled mm-hmm. they will be um, uh, that one has burnout no promotion yeah that one has burnout that one has burnout he's going nowhere <laughs> he's going to collapse the company and he's going to take us all down with him no you know oh Absolutely. i mean i laugh but it's actually not very funny cindy in middleburg hi Hello, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for calling, Cindy. Good, thank you. Thank you very much. You always have such wonderful topics. Thank you. Um, I'm going to talk from experience. Mm. Um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2014. Mm-hmm. Then I had to go through the whole drama of chemotherapy, mm-hmm. radiation, mm. 2015, 2016. Sure. Then I had clinical depression. I wasn't coping. So every second week I would have to fill in what we call, I'm a teacher by profession Mm -hmm. and then I was then promoted at a later stage to be a head of department which Mm. was very stressful Mm. and I'm proud to say I was one of those teachers who gave their all. Mm. I mean even on Saturdays I wanted to run extra classes for for the children Mm. who couldn't cope in the class, you Mm. know. Mm. I'm proud to say I was one of those teachers. Mm. But then you know, um, my health just went down the scale and I wasn't coping at work. You know, I tried communicating, you know, to my department. I tried coming. You know, they take it very light, mm. this thing of, of, of depression. I'm really, they really take it very light. I even had a, a diagnose, diagnosis that mm. I have clinical depression because I, have, I wasn't coping mm. from the chemo and all the treatments. Yes. Yeah. So, 
and, and I then 2019 I had to resign because I just wasn't sure. feeling I'm getting much support that I needed mm. you know uh, and I wasn't coping at work as I used to Ugh. I was sick all the time always feeling in what you call this what incapacity leaves and it made me every time I filled in those forms I felt as if I'm not yeah. worth it yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm disabled mm-hmm. I can't do this mm-hmm. you know so it really affected me that I just decided to resign in 2019. I'm at home. I'm not working now. Cindy, how's the cancer? Is that dealt with now? Well, um, I'm a very strong woman and I have a lot of great faith. I believe that I'm, I'm well, but yes, I still struggle with uh, aches and pains there and there. But it's in remission. Yeah, but the, the, it's in, uh, yes, I'm in remission. It's my third year in remission now. Y- you see, Dr. McKay, this is the problem. What the system has done is that it has lost mm-hmm. a great teacher in not Absolutely. dealing with, with just something and, that could have been easily dealt with. And not understanding yeah. what somebody is going through and yeah. not being empathetic and yeah. having zero insight into yeah. it. And then having exactly. to use a, uh, having to fill out a form. I absolutely agree that mm. it's so stigmatizing in itself, incapacity. Mm. You know? Mm. Um, yeah, so we've lost the plot somewhere and we are losing good people. Mm. If only. And it starts with having an understanding of the condition. Mm. Understanding that it is not a terminal condition. Mm. It is something that can be treated, managed. And what, what people need more than anything is a listening ear, a shoulder to cry on, and, and hope. I mean, it pains me. Cindy, I hope you're well. And, and I don't know if you'll consider maybe, you know, teaching yes, because privately. You end, up, you end up getting that, even though people don't say it in the yeah, workplace yeah, yeah. or in your department, yeah. but you feel yeah. that mm-hmm. they are looking you as a, a weakling now. Yeah. You are now a weakling. Yeah. You are mm. the weakest link. Mm. We don't need you here. Mm. Goodbye. So mm. the only thing I had to do was to resign. Sure. Wow. Cindy, you know, it sounds like the passion is still there. I think you should go into, you know, <laughs> privately teaching and tutoring. I don't know. You must consider that because I think yep. I think it would be a pity to lose you completely. Yes. Think I'm about it. That. Give Thank it a you. thought. Thank Thanks you. very much for your call, Cindy, in Middleburg. Colin, I see you. I'll be back with you after this. Dr. Marlon McKay remains with us. He's a general practitioner and we're discussing burnout this afternoon. And you can call us on 011-714-2006. And you can also send a WhatsApp note on 0614-104-107 if you have anything that you want to ask Dr. McKay. Colin, thanks for your patience. Good afternoon. Thanks, Pumela um, and Dr. McKay. Hi. I just happened to switch over and I heard Dr. McKay. Do you know Dr. McKay I followed... Years ago. Where were you, Colin? You were switching over from where? Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I used to watch Dr. and Nolan, Marlin Sango. Yes. Remember, yes. Doctor? Yes, yes. That so program I never missed. Oh, nice to hear you again. I wonder what happened to Marlene. Is she still around? She's still around. She's still around. Oh, she has such a beautiful laugh. Okay, Doctor, what I wanted to tell you. Do you know, I've, I've experienced, I worked, for Transnet in engineering uh, in a uh, well about two three thousand workers all different departments all different trades and things like that mm-hmm. and everybody was happy and doing well doing well mm. each one had their job description so and so came in uh, 1999 2000 
They start giving voluntary packages. And you know, everybody that wanted it took it. We lost half of our staff. And then what happened? We were given extra work. Mm. And you know something? That extra work, we discovered that guys were going off sick more more than what they used to. Mm. Mm. And guys that are in the job for 10, 20 years were making errors. Mm. Because mm. it was uh, over. And when we complained about it, they started recruiting people. You know? It's like mm. a form of action now. They recruited transnet government and unqualified people and the guys like myself and that, we had to train those guys on the job plus do our own work. Mm. When, when we, uh, somebody went to the supervisor, which came out of college, not even an electrician, a plumber, a fitter or nothing, uh, complains. Uh, no, I'm here to delegate. Go to Mr. Walters or go to Mr. So-and-so. He'll show you what to do. Meanwhile, you've got your own job. You're busy on a coach, fitting in the door and you're the guy standing by you. Now you've got to help him. So we had a union meeting. And then they uh, started, these old guys, making them tutors to teach them. And, you know, we discovered so many errors of guys, experienced guys, that were overloaded with work. And then I said to my foreman one day, I'm, I'm going to retire earlier. I had 45 years service. I retired in 2009. I should have retired in 2010. I just walked in one day. I said to my, my, my supervisor, just please excuse me. I'm going to HR. I'm finished. I've had enough of this. You know what I mean? So the government department those days, when they gave those packages, they didn't think. They put in work pressure and load and, 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 and causing people to get sick. And, you know what I mean? Things like that. Hmm. That is what I did. Yeah. And now today, except for the health department, the hospitals, they are overworked. The rest of the government departments, I think they got luxury now because they're overloaded with, with staff, you know what I mean? Mm. But I'm mm. talking about when 2000 came, they just dangled carrots in front of everyone to take packages, you know what I mean, to cut costs. So I agree, I agree that I was burnt out, I went a year earlier, I could have had 46 years service, I went a year off earlier. I just walked in, I said, okay, I've had enough. What, what would you have done, you, no, what would you have done differently, Colin? What I would have done, number one, when the packages came out from uh, 98, 99, mm-hmm. uh, HR just signed every one that came and signed, get rid of him, get rid of him. Instead of finding out what is the qualifications of a person, what the department hear, hear me, can hear me, Colin. I'm saying outside of the system to preserve your own health for yourself. You say you were burnt out. What could you have done differently? You no. as a person, as an individual. Yeah, as an individual, I, I complain. We used to have what we call a green area in the mornings. Have a little meeting, half yeah. hour meeting. Yeah. I said, oh, I've got too much work. But they called me Wally at the Wally. But we've got nobody else. We're short of staff. I said, why did they get rid of 
Did you, so, so, but Colin, you're not coming back to my question. Did you ever consider seeking help? In other words, outside yes, yes, of the yes. world? I went to my doctors and okay. things like that. Yeah, yeah. And of mm. course, he gave me a week to relax. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll go back to work for another week or mm-hmm. so. Uh-huh. And then you can feel the tension come again. Yeah, I get it. And then you go off again. They discovered more people were going off sick. Mm. Some guys had to go to psychiatrists and all those things. Mm. You see? Yeah. Because um, they didn't think of over. We're overloading these people. Yeah. Thanks very much for thanks your very call, much. Colin. Thanks very much and for that. Anonymous, you're calling from Durban. Good afternoon. Yes, hi. Um, I'm a healthcare worker in Durban, mm. and I just wanted to share my story. Mm. You know, since COVID started, um, the expectation was that you get your permit and you continue working. Yeah. You've got to be strong. You've got to follow all the hospital's different protocols, mm. look at the patients and care for them. And um, it's, it's, it's only recently that I've been diagnosed with burnout. Sure. I didn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a very difficult um, thing to explain to someone, mm-hmm. but you feel emotionally dead, yeah. um, which is very difficult in my job description because you can't really show that to the patients that you work with. Mm-hmm. But um, the healthcare workers are under a lot of pressure. And um, I know there's uh, different factors. You've also got your, and you come home, you've got your family to look mm-hmm. after. You've got to put on a different face and look like you're always strong. And um, it's not always the situation. I've actually reached out. I've got a counselor that I Good. see on a regular basis. Good. And I'm putting up more boundaries for myself. Mm. Um, if I feel it, it's going to get too difficult for me, then I will actually book off. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think you, to be able to look after someone else, you've got to look after yourself first. And you've got to be a little bit selfless now and um, selfish. Yeah. Mm. And and maybe let me ask you, Dr. McKay, she, you know, Anonymous sounds like she's identified it already. She, I don't want her to get to breaking point. What can she do now? Well, I think she's on the, on the right track, just, just in terms of recognition, recognition of symptoms, recognition of where you are in the timeline Mm. and, and um, being under the care of, of a professional. Mm. Knowing the signs, but also knowing what still to expect. So you know the the there the are stages that you go through. So she's past the honeymoon phase, she's into the stress phase, mm. and then the the chronic stress where you 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 you're always tired, you're getting physically ill, you're not in the mood, you don't care about getting late for work, you become resentful of your boss or, or the work environment, and so you need to know those warning signs that can precipitate or come just before the actual collapse or burnout to get the appropriate help, whether it is medication, whether it is taking a break. But I think the solution is not just short term. We have to think long term so that we don't end up in this. And you know, the healthcare industry, if you look at the, from the state, there's lots of data. You know, we have the highest rate of uh, suicides are amongst Mm. physicians. Mm. Alcohol abuse, drug abuse Mm. is amongst uh, healthcare workers. Mm. Anonymous, yes. all the best. I mean, I wish you all the Thank best. You. But I think that the big thing, as Dr. McKay says, you've identified the problem. Please, you know, continue on that path to, to get help. No, I appreciate it. And I want everyone that's listening that's feeling hopeless mm. to know that never a situation is never hopeless. Reach out. Get help. Yeah, it's really there. appreciate it. It's available. Thank, Thank you. you so much for this lovely topic. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, Dr. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank so much, Thank Anonymous you, and Durban. Dr. McKay, thank you. Thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks. A great discussion. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank Dr. You. Marlon McKay, a general practitioner as we were discussing burnout.